Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 286, What to Do When You Don't Fit In with Jasmine Bradshaw. I had this problem all through junior high and high school, and I'm sure so many of you can relate. But I went to schools that were super, super clicky. There were very set defined groups. But I was someone who had many interests. So I was in theater. I was in honor stuff. I was in band. I was in leadership. And as a result, I spent a lot of weekends by myself, just me and Barbara Walters watching 2020 on a Friday night. Was that you too? You know, that same feeling of I don't fit in has carried on to my adulthood as well, whether it be my myriad of faith crises, my nuanced political beliefs, or just feeling different than the people I love the most or that are around me in my community. I don't fit in is something that is so easy for so many of us to fall into. It can be super lonely to feel that you don't really belong where you are and who you are. Brene Brown said the most remarkable thing in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, that instead of worrying about fitting in, we need to be more concerned about belonging. And about this, she said, quote, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. My guest today is Jasmine Bradshaw. 
the wonderful host and thought leader behind the podcast and community called First Name Basis. Her podcast and community are all about having hard conversations as women and families, and it rose up from her lifetime experiences of not quote unquote fitting in and needing to have those talks. As a biracial black woman living in a predominantly white and super conservative area, Jasmine has been face to face with both the feeling and the message that she does not fit in. Jasmine learned how to first belong to herself so that she can then belong to a collective and one that she would love more people to be a part of, by the way. Today, Jasmine is going to teach us how to transition to I don't fit in to I belong, with the first goal being to belong to ourselves. Another quote from Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, frames our conversation perfectly. Quote, true belonging doesn't require that we change who we are. It requires that we be who we are. Unquote. Today, we want to help you belong more to yourself by being who you are so that you can then create a space where more people can feel that same sense of belonging. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Whether you are a working mama or a work within your home mama, there are no busier people on the planet than moms. Simply put, we get things done. I hear from many of you who are thinking about starting a podcast, but you're wondering how you can do this as part of your already very busy days. And I can tell you that as primarily a stay-at-home mom who works on the side from home, you can. Having something to call just your own is life-giving. And in my opinion, podcasting is made for moms who need an outlet, who want to learn, or who have something to say. That's been the experience of myself and my business partner, Rachel Nielsen of the 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast. Together, we lead Podcast U, an online podcasting school directed primarily to busy mamas just like us. One of our very own Podcast U students is Jasmine Bradshaw, who's not just our guest today, but also a busy mom with a successful podcast. Podcast used doors are currently open for enrollment and starting in just a little bit of time a week, we are teaching free online masterclasses to help busy moms get the leg up on podcasting. Sign up for one of these free classes by going to podcastu.co slash free class, which is linked for you in the show notes. Again, that's podcastu, that's the letter u.co forward slash free class. We would love to see you there. You can do this. I'm Jasmine Bradshaw, and I am a mom to a little girl, almost two little girls in just a couple weeks here, and I live in Mesa, Arizona. We love it here, and we are finding our own space of belonging here in Mesa, Um, but what I really, really love doing is my podcast, First Name Basis. We give parents the tools that they need to talk to their children about race, religion, and culture, and it has just given me so much life to be able to help parents along this journey with topics that are usually kind of uncomfortable and a little bit taboo, helping people see that it doesn't have to be that way. It can be part of your everyday life, and you can feel confident and empowered when it comes to those conversations instead of anxious. 
Oh, you've absolutely done that for me. And I know so many others have benefited from the work that you do and the hard conversations that are coming from it. You know, this is going to extend to generations, which is the coolest part of your mission. It's not just like for the time and present, but it's forever. Um, but here we're going to talk about the experience of feeling like you don't belong. I feel like I work with a lot of women and I just even hear within my friends, maybe it's just our human nature. I don't know, but it, we seem to have this, this kind of sense and, or maybe a belief even, I don't really belong here. Like I don't really fit in. I, I don't, I'm different. Other people don't accept me. I don't know. There's, there's so many ways that we can perceive this, but I first wanted to start with what your thought was on this belief that we kind of have, like, is it true? Is it not? Does it even matter? What are your thoughts? Oh, that is such a good question and a good observation because I feel like we've all felt this way at some point. And as I was thinking about this, I realized it doesn't really matter because whether it's true or not, it still feels the same. Yeah. The weight of it, the heaviness, the hurt, it feels the same. Hmm. So I, one of my very favorite quotes is from a woman named Shirley Chisholm. She was the first black woman in Congress and the first black person ever to seek the nomination for the presidential election. Wow. And she says, if you they don't give you a space at the table, bring a folding chair. Basically create space for yourself. Even if it's not there, whether you see it for real or you feel like it's just not there, usually at places where you don't feel like you belong is where they need you the most mm. because it's your voice. We live in so many echo chambers, right? Where people, all of our ideas are being affirmed and the people who have different ideas feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't speak up because everybody seems to think the same thing. Yes. But that's when your voice is needed. If mm -hmm. you are if you are thinking and feeling differently than people, we need that pushback to make us better as a community as a whole. So I feel like, yeah, if they're not giving you a space, bring your chair. Come on, bring your chair up so that you can really under people can understand where you're coming from and make that connection, you know? There's something both really hope giving about that, but also terrifying. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> um, because like, as you were speaking, I was like getting emotional on the side, just thinking about the fears I have, you know, I just moved from a state that I felt like I belonged mm -hmm. in ways that I really needed both with my community and within my church congregation. And, you know, we left everything all of a sudden in the middle of COVID and, had that abrupt end. And now I'm in that space of fearing, like I don't belong. And also seeing the call that maybe it's time to step up. Mm. And I wanted to know what that's been like. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've had this experience yourself <laughs> and, and what that's been like kind of balancing that fear and that courage to step up and be seen and raise your hand, even when you're not quite sure if you're going to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. So I am black biracial. My mom is white and my dad is black. And my parents actually are from New York. And then they moved to San Francisco to the Bay to help my mom finish graduate school. She's a clinical psychologist. And um, so I lived there till I was five. And then when I started going to school, my parents realized that they really wanted to take their kids to the neighborhood school. And I'm sure you know this, it's really hard to do in California. And so they ended up moving here to Phoenix, to the suburbs of Phoenix. And it was immediately that they realized, oh my goodness, we are kind of out of place here. Hmm. Being a biracial family, being progressive in a really conservative area, 
I think what my parents realized was that they couldn't rely on the environment to teach us our values, that they had to be really explicit about what we believed as a family. It was always very much like us against the world type of thing. And so one of the biggest things that they always taught us was you have to be an independent thinker, you Hmm. have to be a, a critical thinker, and you have to ask questions. So I felt like even though it was hard. My parents gave me an opportunity to practice using my voice by kind of bringing our family to a place where people sent us the message that we don't belong. Wow. People are always asking me, why are your parents different colors when I was growing up? And I would get so tired of answering that question. Okay. And even though I know that kids weren't doing it maliciously, now I can see that as an adult. But when I was younger, it was so hard because it would just send me that message all the time, you don't belong here, or you're different from us. And so I remember reading a poem when I was in eighth grade, and it was by this kid who was also biracial, and he talked about how I'm too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids. And I just felt seen for the first time. I was like, wow, my goodness, I'm seen in this moment. And so I kind of carried that with me, trying to figure out in high school how to use my voice because some people would say, oh, you're too angry. And then I would pull back. And -hmm. then I didn't feel like I was able to be myself because I was being like this fake, like, obviously I want to be nice and kind, but when you are stifling that voice inside of you, it's just not a good place to be. So then I go to college and I'm trying to find myself like anybody in college. Uh, college is just, it's just college a hard is the time. Worst. <laughs> it's really a hard time when you're trying to figure out who you are. So I watched this documentary called Black in America and there was a girl on the documentary and she was biracial and she talked about it and I was sobbing. And I remember telling my mom, like, she gets me. I need to know who this girl is. And I just felt like so liberated being able to see this person who understood where I was coming from. So then a few years later, I moved to New York for an internship. And part of my internship was that I worked at a nonprofit where we were giving out a grant. And over the weekend, I had to go and look at this other nonprofit. It was um, a spoken word poetry nonprofit where they helped youth understand their feelings and write poetry so that they could, you know, really connect and stay in school and all of these different types of things. So it was my job to go and watch this poetry competition to see um, if they were going to be a good fit for the grant. So it's a Saturday. I go all the way from Queens to Brooklyn, which is like across the city. I'm alone and I go and I sit in this poetry slam competition and I'm watching and they're so moving. First of all, teenagers are amazing the way that they're able to put their feelings into words. But I'm watching this and this girl gets on the stage and I think to myself, why do I know that girl? Like, she's so familiar. I'm in New York. This makes no sense. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm alone. And she gets on the stage and she opens her mouth and it's the girl from the documentary. Wow. I lost my mind. Of course, I'm sobbing and her poetry is amazing. And she's talking Mm -hmm. about being biracial again. That's how I knew it was her. So afterwards I go up to her and I'm like, you don't know me. I'm shaking. You don't know me, but you've changed my life. I'm so grateful. And so it, it was in that moment that I realized it, that no matter where I go, if I'm 
here in Arizona or across the country in New York, there are always going to be people that mm-hmm. I feel like the Lord or the universe puts in our path so that we can connect with them and then we can connect with ourselves too. Because just yeah. seeing her and meeting her in person gave me so much courage and strength. And I knew that when I went home, I could take that with me. Oh, that gave me chills. That story is incredible. And I think also just really illustrates that we do have the need to connect. And that's not a wrong desire to have. Like that's not wrong to want to have people who you feel like you can connect with and who you feel like you can be yourself and and be seen and see others. So there's nothing wrong with that. We need that. So how can we balance that, that need to not fit in, but to belong and also find that within ourselves too, like you were saying. I feel like there was that dual fold for you of learning how to connect with yourself first and use your voice and then also belong to others. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like when you are able to understand yourself, especially becoming from a place where the connections that I'm making with people aren't necessarily the ones that other people might make because they're not as clear on the surface, you know? Okay. Um, when you grow up a minority in a situation, you are always having to look for connection opportunities that aren't super obvious. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand yourself in that way, you can be able to look at somebody and see what's this deeper level that we can connect on. Even if it seems like there's, we can't connect at all, you know, you can really figure out what your values are and how they can align. So when you're able to dig deeper and kind of pull back the layers and you can find those connections, they're going to be more long-term too, because they're not a surface level. Yeah. And that's a gift. I think that's a gift that we honestly should aspire to, you know, even more than just fitting in. And I feel like that's something we all do as teens, but I feel like a lot of people spend their whole lives fitting in rather than deeply connecting, which also means being different Mm. in some ways and being comfortable with that. I love how you describe it as a gift because that's what I realized about myself was because I felt like I didn't fit in or belong so often, I had to develop that skill. Hmm. And now it feels so much easier as an adult than it did as a kid. But I always thought, well, I live in this predominantly white area. If I lived around more black people, then I would feel better. And when I was in New York, that was the case. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would just click. Yeah. But what I realized when I got there was that it's not about black or white. It's just about finding connections with people mm-hmm. and how that is just a hard thing to do sometimes. And so I was a little bit disappointed when I got into a room full of black people and I thought, well, why don't I fit in here either? Huh. And then what I really realized is, you know how to do this. You've been doing it your whole life. So you're right. It is a gift. Wow. All right. So teach us, you know, pass on what you've learned as you've worked, you know, through this yourself. Uh, I, we love actionable ways to, to take what we're learning. So what can women do who are at kind of the foundation of this and, and, and we're ready for more and ready to be, you know, both equal parts um, brave, like we said, and uh, courageous and also seeking that connection. What can they do? The first thing that I try to do when I go into a new space is start with curiosity. Start by asking questions. Mm -hmm. What are the expectations in this space? What are the 
quote unquote rules, whether they be explicit or just social, because I feel like when I understand the environment, then I can almost push the boundaries, right? I can oh. see what's going on around me and then I can say, well, how do I want to push that so that I can belong here so that I can find a place where I fit? Okay. Okay. I had to write that one down, like understand the environment. So then you can push, then push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. How does that play? How's that played out for you? Well, I think the next thing that I try to do is really voice my values because what I found out is that a lot of us have want and the exact same things. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to have strong families and feel confident, Mm. right? We just have different ideas of how we're going to get there. So if I'm able to understand how do the people in this space feel happy, healthy, protected, well, what do I need to feel that too? And how can those two things come together? Because when you show people we're actually working towards the same goal, you can feel that friction kind of melt away. Mm, That commonality between you, but also, you know, voicing your differences, but in a way that you already are maybe a little more connected than you otherwise would have been. So we've got, you know, start with curiosity, which entails asking questions. Then we've got voice your values. What else can they do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next thing I would do is really put words to what you need. Can you sit down and reflect in your own life? Okay, what would make me feel like I can step into my power in this space? Because everyone has something to bring. Everyone has something to offer that's really, really powerful and important or else you wouldn't be in that space Hmm. at all. So how can you sit down and figure out what are the words that what are the things that I need? What do those words actually sound like and look like? Because when you can put words to it yourself, you can start to articulate that to other people. A couple of years ago, before I started First Name Basis, I was, I was in a, oh, Power of Moms, you know. Yeah. I was in a mom group mm-hmm. and I had just kind of felt like I was, like the women there didn't know me super well and mm-hmm. that was okay, right? But there were a lot of women from my church group and it was nice to go and learn and talk and be together. But then one time, one of the women who I thought was a good friend of mine, she said the N word, like as oh. a joke. And oh, I just wow. thought to myself, oh my gosh, if she's saying that then mm-hmm. around me, then she really doesn't know me. And part of that I felt like was on me for not opening up in a way that was would help her understand that that was not okay to do around me. And it was from there that I realized, am I being myself in my church community. And I know that we're of the same faith and you know, it's very insular, especially where I live in Mesa. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that I was seeing every day were people in my faith community. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I'm seeing these people so often and they don't know the real me, first of all, that's hugely stifling for me, but also they're missing out. Like on, I, I, you can't be loved by somebody when they don't actually know who you are. And so 
I remember when I was doing my new year goals and trying to find my word for the year and all that stuff, I decided that my word was going to going to be liberated because I was like, I need to feel free. I need to feel liberated. I need to feel like I can be who I am in this, in all of these spaces. And honestly, that's where first name basis came from. Mm -hmm. I was looking around my community and thinking, okay, I need a space where I can openly talk about the racist things that are going on in my life and that are happening to me with people who I really care about and people who I know share my values. And I didn't feel like church was that space. And I thought that makes no sense. Mm. Why wouldn't church be that space? That may, it, it lends itself a hundred percent to you being able to talk about the hardest things that are going on in your life. So I remember thinking, well, what can I do to create space for that? And that's how first name basis was born. And I do feel that now I feel completely liberated, but if I hadn't put the word to it, I don't know where I would be. You know, I don't know if I would be able to say that these people really have that connection with me. When you have that courage to be liberated, to, to voice your, your values, to put to words what you believe and what you need, like you just said, while also understanding where you are and the people you are with, it's, I think it really does create space for other people to raise their hand and, and to feel like that deeper sense of belonging that we've been talking about even more than just fitting in. It's that deeper, deeper belonging. Um, one of the things I wrote down when you were talking, Jasmine, was you know, in order, well, you have to belong to yourself mm. so that you can belong to others. Yes. They have to go together. And to me, you strike me as someone who has done the hard work to belong to yourself so that you can give that in a way where you're not asking for people to prop you up. You're saying, mm. this is who I am. This is my gift. This is my power. And you have the opportunity to accept it and connect with it and bring your power to, to me too. But you don't have to have those people prop it up for you. Well, that's the thing is that when you do get into this place where you are liberated and you do know yourself, there are going to be some people who you recognize you don't fit with as well as you thought you might. Yeah. And that's painful. I mean, that's mm. a painful part of the process, but sure. I think it's necessary on the way to finding that deeper connection with people that you probably had no idea even existed. I feel that's how I feel with first name basis is that I found a community of women that I thought I didn't know they were out there. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one who wanted to talk about these things, but I'm not. And that is what's so freeing is to be like, even if they're across the country, there are people that I've made these deep connections with that I know are going to last so long and it was worth it to be able to step into my power and kind of shed the people that, you know, it just isn't a, it isn't a good fit and they can find other people that they do fit better with. That's okay too. Yeah. And I think that kind of answers the question I was going to ask you about what has surprised you about Mm. this time where you have been liberated, but also in, in a bit more of a public way than I think you expected to, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll just like be a little transparent here. So Jasmine, you've been one of our podcast U students and a while back, maybe six months ago, seven months ago, we, we talked about how difficult your niche was. Yeah. Right. To, <laughs> to basically talk to people about how to, how to have how to have hard conversations who might not have been ready to at the time. And then all of a sudden you exploded in the best way because people suddenly were 
ready. Um, so I was curious if there was anything else that has, you know, kind of surprised you about this time beyond that there was more than you expected, which is a beautiful thing, but what else? (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, one of the biggest things is that it feels so different from what I pictured myself doing. My parents are both both public servants. And so I knew I would serve in some way, but I thought Mm -hmm. it would be more traditional. I mean, I was a classroom teacher, so that totally made sense. But then here I am on the internet with all of these eyes on me. And I just, it's, first of all, it's the weirdest feeling, but I remember when things were exploding, I got a message from somebody because my husband and I had gone on to just talk about a a topic and explain things. And she said to me, I thought that your husband was getting on to tell us that you're not as nice as you seem. And I didn't know whether to like laugh or cry. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like, I felt the same way. But then, I, so then I thought to myself, am I not, am I not being authentic? Because I know that on, on social media, it's really important that you, you know, show this authentic side of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then I realized, okay, wait a minute. Yes, it's important to be authentic, but this is also my job. Like this is my business. So I am holding myself to a standard of professionalism that I would hold in any job I have. So obviously my subject matter is really emotional. It's really emotionally charged for everybody. I mean, I share really personal experiences about things that I've gone through that are hard and heavy, but at the same time, I don't have to show every emotion, every hard thing that that I go through to 20,000 people on the internet. Like I can balance being Mm. a professional and understanding that this is my business with also having people in my life, whether it be through first name basis and the connections that I've made there or people in, you know, my personal life that can hold those heavy emotions, but I don't have to share that with everybody. And that's totally okay that I get to choose what does professionalism look like in this space? So that once I kind of got my head around that, because I was like, well, I don't want to feel like I'm just now being a new fake version of myself, you know, because my response was her to her was, I'm not, I'm not as nice as I seem, but who, (laughs) I mean, who is, you're not going to spill your entire guts. That's just not a, I didn't feel like it was appropriate. So I think that that's been the biggest thing that I've been learning is what does it look like to be a professional, but also hold space for a topic that's really emotional. Yes. And to do it with class and curiosity. And you know, what really struck me about that too is when you belong to yourself, not only can you connect and belong to others, but you also can have the boundaries you need to, to keep, keep that belonging in its right place instead of then, you know, shifting to fitting in, which is kind of a siren call, I would say, don't you think? Um, you know, so I appreciate that you've been able to share with us what that looks like and how it is tricky to navigate. Um, any other thoughts on that? Just that tricky balance? Fitting yeah. in belonging. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things we can remember after we voice our values and what we need and how we can step into our power is that this is hard and tiring work. Okay. So you need to have a space where you can like breathe, let your hair down. Just, you know, eat if you whether you have 
find it yourself or you create it or you already have it, have a place where you feel like my dad always said whenever something hard happened at work or anywhere, he would always say, I can go home, which Mm -hmm. meant that he could come home and close the door and the people there would be so excited to see him and would know him and embrace him and he could be totally himself. So where is that home for you? You know, when you're trying to stretch yourself in this way and really get to a liberated space, you need a break. You need a, a, a chance to be at home. Ah, oh, so, so good, Jasmine. Um, you know, we're, all, we're a self-development show. So I've been starting to ask people before we say goodbye, what's something you're working on right now? I am working on trying not to explain myself so much. Mm. I think that as women, we are often asked to give excuses for the choices that we make or the things that we say. And so I'm trying to, if I need to say no to something, just leave it at that. Oh, I can't make it. Instead of saying, I can't make it because I have to do this and this and that. Oh, I can't make it. Or that doesn't fit for me right now. Thank you though. And leave it at that. Another example of belonging and boundaries all in the same moment. (laughs) Um, Jasmine, we need, you know, we've talked about first name basis uh, a few times here. So let's say first, if you want to get to know Jasmine, go and listen to her podcast. It's not going to be something that makes you feel shoved out, shoved down with guilt and shame. It is going to educate you. Yes. But it's also, I think the empower is the right word. You use that to step up and stand up. Anything else you want to say about first name basis and where they can find you? Yeah, that is, you hit the nail on the head. That's what I always hope people get from the podcast is confidence and empowerment to go and have hard conversations. Um, But yeah, you can, I am most active on Instagram at firstname.basis, but we also have a Patreon community for parents who are even more committed to the journey to connect with each other and to connect with us. So that is patreon.com slash firstnamebasis. Awesome. Well, I'm in your community. I've, I've been able to watch the replays. Your calls have been while I'm on my own coaching calls, but uh, you're doing such brilliant work. And I just want to thank, thank you, you for belonging so that you can belong to so many others and invite us in. Um, I, I don't know. I love every part of you. So thank you so much, Jasmine. Oh, thank you, Monica. This was so lovely. I hope that episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Let's go through our progress pointers from this episode. Number one, create space for yourself. Two, when you don't feel like you fit in, that's where you are the most needed. Three, you can't rely on an environment to teach or support your values. Four, practice connecting with your values and practicing using your voice. Five, you will find others to belong to with time. Seek for connection opportunities. Six, start with curiosity. Ask questions. Seven, Understand the environment, then push the boundaries. Eight, give voice to your values. Nine, put words to what you need so you can offer your unique power. Ten, deeper connection is the goal in speaking up. And eleven, this is hard and tiring work. You need space to breathe and to belong to yourself. Thank you again, Jasmine, for taking the time to be on the show for us. I have linked to everything Jasmine, including her podcast and her Instagram community on our show notes. And by the way, you can find that on our website, aboutprogress.com forward slash podcast. Just click on the episode that you are listening to now and you'll see all the show notes there. I also want to say congratulations to Jasmine and her family. She recorded this episode at the tail end of her pregnancy, which was so kind of her to do, but she has since welcomed another remarkable girl to her family. So congratulations to all the Bradshaws. 
If you enjoyed today's progress pointers, and that's the notes I take, and I take them for you so you don't have to. And if you want this in a graphic format, join our weekly Go Get Our newsletter. And that is where you get that graphic delivered right to your inbox every single week. And it's free. So to get that, you can go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go getter. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash go getter. I just want to remind you if this episode was something that was meaningful for you and impactful, if it helped you learn and if it helped you learn what you want to do better to connect to yourself so that you can then belong to yourself and others, I would love for you to share the show in any way you can. Also, another reminder, if you are interested in podcasting, to join my free online classes I'm teaching with Rachel Nilsson by going to podcastu.co slash free class and the COVID school resource about progress.com slash COVID school for the free COVID school guide. Wow, that was a lot. But guys, we really want to serve you during this time. It is tough. I really feel like the last few weeks have kicked my rear in ways that I didn't even expect. It's been really good, but it's also been really challenging. And I have found myself with even more limited time and wiped out and in need of support. So whether that's through all these resources I've created for you or just listening to the podcast or joining our online community or just in my DMs. I want you to know that I am here for you and I want to do everything I can to support you during this very strange time in the world. And I also want to empower you to know that you can do this, that you are strong enough for this. And strong enough doesn't mean it's not going to be um, it's not going to be hard. It's, it's going to be hard, but you have everything you need within you to do this. That is why we've been talking about persistence this month. And I again want to remind you that to persevere, it doesn't mean that life is easy. It means that life is hard and you can still be the hero of your story. That's enough of a soapbox for me today. I so appreciate you. Keep growing my friends and remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.